Hi, hello, and welcome to K Out and About, the podcast about my random travel occurrences. This is season one, episode 10, The Apple Pipe. I know, I know, it was supposed to be the kitchen table. Um, turned out it's much harder to work on these episodes than I thought, and it's been almost a month. You might have already gathered from some previous episodes that the Grand Canyon has been an important trip for me, so I thought I might as well tell you about both of my stays in the US and the things I found weird or interesting. But how do I tell you about the two so very different summers I spent in the States? Chronologically? But then the first part is fantastic, full of funny memories, and, you know, second part would be uh, maybe too much of a rant. I've been working on these episodes for so long, um, I'm done I'm done with them. It is how it is. And the US journey begins with the apple pipe episode. Um, hope you enjoy it. Let's start with the jobs. First thing I found out about myself is that I wasn't made for manual labor. Uh, the summer in Grand Canyon, I worked in an ice cream shop called The Fountain. Getting that job was the first time I was working full-time, properly, and in food and beverage, as they call it. Um, I'm, I must say I was surprised by some of the practices. The problems started with the gloves. We had to wear latex gloves. Um, after a day and a half, I was peeling my own skin off my hands. It wasn't pleasant, I tell you. Um, also, I started dreaming about scooping ice cream, butter pecan, cookies and cream, mint chocolate chip. Actually, I'm pretty sure that you can almost make a science out of it as well. Not the dreaming about ice cream. I mean, um, with time, I was able to accurately guess what type of ice cream certain people would order. Well, let's say 75% accuracy. Asian people, for some reason, loved vanilla. Posh and well-maintained women, always a sorbet, sometimes with vanilla. Middle-aged men in, like, um, an explorer outfit, uh, they would get Grand Canyon Rocky Road, and so on and so on. So anyway, after a week of my latex torture, a manager finally took pity on me and I was allowed to work without gloves. Uh, however, it meant I had to be more hidden so that people getting the ice cream won't complain. Or wouldn't complain. Um, it was weird to me, actually, uh, as it was the first time I saw people saying ice cream in gloves. In my eyes, it's so much more hygienic if you just regularly wash your hands. I didn't understand the why behind the gloves. Because mainly you grab the cone with a napkin, you scoop the ice cream with the scooper. You never really touch anything. Also, when you have gloves on, you don't necessarily... Um, Think as much about keeping them clean. If you don't have them, you would wash your hands much more often than you would think about changing the gloves. Not to mention the impact of, you know, of the, the masses of gloves thrown away um, on the environment. And without gloves, I was you know, doing exactly that, washing my hands. So I was on top-up duty for all the sodas, chips, hot dogs, sandwiches, pretzels, and whatever, I don't know, probably more things I don't remember right now. Once uh, Misika, uh, I'll tell you more about her uh, next time, became the manager, she trained me to work on the cash register, which meant no more gloves anyway, and I would either open or close the shop. Imagine, just imagine that huge promotion for a poor Polish student. Oh, it was a dream. 
Another thing um, was throwing the food away. Apart from ice cream, we also had had hot dogs and sandwiches and the pretzels, as I mentioned. Whatever was left at the end of the day, we were supposed to throw it away. For sandwiches, I think it was two days because we were packing them in like little vacuum boxes. Uh, Now, when I grew up, of course, the times were different. And very often you had to queue for hours to get any kind of food. Uh, Also, there wasn't much variety. So people respected what they had on their plates. Unless it went bad, uh, you wouldn't throw it away. Also, in those times, food didn't really have time to go bad because people were buying uh, what they needed. Well, there was often nothing in the shops to buy or we were limited in regards to the amounts. Um, I'll be probably telling you more about that in an episode about uh, growing up in socialism. But anyway, you would always put on, on your plate as much as you were going to eat, meaning you would you know, leave your plate empty. If something was left, you ate it the next day. So, you know, forgive me for not being able to throw away perfectly good food when I was asked to do it. I was just pretending and I would put it in my bag. It was serving my roommate Yvonne and me as dinner or lunch for next day. Such a healthy diet, I'll tell you. Um, And I know Missy, uh, the manager, wasn't throwing um, any food uh, anyway, either. Um, On one or two occasions, we actually put some more hot dogs on purpose, as we knew we would have friends coming over. And, you know, you got to feed your friends. The second time um, I went to States, uh, well, I went onto the work and travel program, it was purely for the purpose of making money. Uh, That was the basic difference between my first US trip and my second US trip. The first one was pure adventure. Yes, I also worked and uh, it gave me some idea of a full-time job, Um, but it was foremost uh, an adventure. I didn't even bring a lot of money back, like maybe $900 after four months of work. A year later, I knew I was going to Costa Rica and I needed to save, uh, save enough money to last me for as long as possible. So I had a job and a half. I, well, I thought Grand Canyon was in the middle of nowhere. Nope. I found myself in the middle of nowhere in a small town called Wendover on the border between Utah and Nevada. So I worked in Nevada in a casino and I lived a few streets away in Utah. The casino. Um, At that time it was called State Line and Silversmith. Now I think it's called something else. Um, At least that's what, you know, Google Maps say. It stretched on both sides of the Wendover Boulevard, uh, close to Highway 80. Um, the job wasn't exactly in a casino, so that, that was my main job. It was actually in a gift shop. Um, so I have discovered what constitutes, in the States, um, as a gift. First of all, jewelry. Very cheap looking. I think we had it for the purpose, I don't know, of someone getting drunk and wanting to propose. Although we did have some nice items as well, but very few. Um, It was just the rings that were super, super cheesy. Um, We also had a bunch of trinkets of various use. Sundries. I actually learned that word then. Um, Dictionary definition. Various items not important enough to be mentioned individually. Uh, So it was all possible stuff uh, that you forgot from home, like, I don't know, from a toothbrush to shampoo and Q-tips. We also sold, in a gift shop, alcohol, cigarettes, drinks, snacks, um, and whatever things possible to have an American flag on them, including a bikini. 
I'm really glad those were the days of analog photography. Uh, I, I did actually buy my first digital camera then, but um, yes, me and another girl actually tried the bikinis on and took some pics, but with a normal camera. No way I would do that now with someone else's camera or, you know, phone. Like, that would just get online in two seconds. It would be on someone's cloud forever. No, no, no. My uh, second job in Wendover, uh, part-time, uh, was a waitress in Cafe Loco. And it was the job that confirmed uh, what I knew deep down in my heart. I'm a crappy waitress. However, I did learn a lot of important tricks and uh, how to make burritos and quesadillas. However, only in a professional kitchen, not at home. Believe me, I'm, I tried. Uh, by tricks, I mean, um, I would often point out that I'm a student from Poland trying to make some money in the US for the future. People would feel generous then. Like you come to their country to work because they have it so much better. And so they give you bigger tips. I'm not sure if it's still if that trick is still working, you know, looking at the situation in the States now. Um, if a family uh, also is dining with a bunch of loud and misbehaving brats, keep smiling, but do make sure they see the desperation in your eyes. Makes them feel guilty. And again, bigger tips. Um, I also had to learn a little bit of Spanish. Uh, Wendover was a small town with, I don't know, 7,000 people. Uh, four or 5,000 of them were Mexicans, uh, just stating the facts. Not everybody spoke English. And as you can imagine, Cafe Loco was serving rather Latin food choices. Like I mentioned, burritos and quesadillas. Um, and some of the chefs uh, I worked with only spoke Spanish. So I picked up a few, uh, few phrases. Um, oh, and uh, you have no idea how fucking confusing it is for a non-coffee drinker to make coffee. Because, you know, Cafe Loco. I only knew what my mom did, put two spoons of coffee into the mug and pour boiling water over it. Um, hmm, it turned out that's not the way people in other countries do it. Um, well, till this day, also, it escapes uh, completely my comprehension. What is the difference between latte and cappuccino? And I know what you're going to say, Carolina. It's the froth. You know what? It's fucking hot milk, either way. Uh, get your heads out of your own asses and start drinking tea for a change. In any case, I'm sure a lot of people left Cafe Loco not exactly with what they ordered. Now, with the topic of work comes the topic of money. Um, another huge cultural differences were the salaries. We got them weekly. And I do have to say, a lot of American movies or TV series started making sense. Having an experience of a whole life of, you know, monthly everything from salary to bills and mortgage payments. And yes, yes, I know I was 22, 23. I haven't really experienced it all myself. But that was the household I grew up with. You know, my parents did talk money in front of me and later on with me. So give it a rest. Having the monthly budgeting in my blood, um, in a way, I'm not surprised so many people struggle in the States and they live at the edge of poverty. Weekly salaries suck ass. You cannot plan or budget properly very far ahead with everything around you based on weekly payments. Saving money becomes an abstraction. If your weekly salary is, say, $600, 
And out of that, you pay your rent. And of course, you have to pay, do your shopping uh, weekly as well, not to mention some of the bills. Putting aside $20 or $30, on one hand, uh, seems pointless because it's not much. And it's often a large amount for a particular week on the other hand. Whereas if you're earning $2,000 a month, putting aside $150, $200 each month seems reasonable. And most of the time, it's not a problem because it's easier to budget for it. I cannot imagine like doing my shopping weekly or uh, just you know living uh, from week to week, not being able to budget for ahead you know, for the bigger things. Uh, suddenly, if your fridge breaks, you might need to wait for your next paycheck. Um, if you're earning monthly, you just go to the shop and get a fridge straight away. Um, and let's not forget, people like to let it go at the end of the week. And most jobs that pay you enough to survive are jobs that you really want to forget about during your days off. So a large portion of your money may unwillingly go down the drain with, you know, beer, spirits, cigarettes... Um, I know it. I've done it as well. Um, We all do it at some point in our lives because we have, you know, those kind of jobs. The problem is created uh, when you're stuck in that kind of job forever or it feels like forever without any hope for a change. You don't go home then, you know, wanting to read a book or go to the cinema, which isn't cheap anymore anyway. You want to get tipsy with your buddies who share the same problems But then it doesn't end on being tipsy. Tipsy often changes into drunk and you inadvertently spend the money you could have saved. Here, I solved the root cause of all the problems in the United States. Switch to monthly salaries and learn how to budget long term. Joking aside, um, I do understand now how much more difficult um, it is to live like that. And don't even get me started on like holidays and working conditions. Employees in the States have almost no rights whatsoever. Like, two weeks paid holiday, if you're fucking lucky? Nah. Then there was food. Um, As I mentioned, I, you know, I worked in food and beverage uh, both times. And I'm not even going to talk about the size of the portions. Uh, They're just huge. Um, Then people wonder why there's so much obesity there. I mean, just look at the plates. Then the madness about sugar. I kid you not, we went to a supermarket um, and there was a fruit marked uh, with, with a sticker marked fat and sugar free. First of all, how the fuck do you make a fruit sugar free? I mean, it contains fruit, you know, it contains sugar and fat. Well, we quickly discovered that the fat and sugar free fruit basically contained colored water, which meant no taste either. Apples were actually scary. Never saw 30 identical-looking apples before. Polished with wax on top of that. As a kid, I often used to eat apples straight from a tree, so I know how an apple looks like. Those were not apples. Then, on one of our road trips, I ordered scrambled eggs. It was some kind of fast food, I admit. But... uh, I did not expect scrambled eggs made out of powder. Seriously? I mean, it's just eggs. (laughs) Another thing that puzzles me actually to this day is the pancake mix. And it was the same in the UK. I mean, it's just milk flour and an egg. Why do you need to buy a special mix that surely contains a lot of shit 
as it doesn't even has to be refrigerated. And I'm a person that cannot cook, apart from maybe pancakes. So if I'm giving the pancake mix a pass, it truly is some kind of lazy people shit. And I mean, no, not even lazy, because I'm lazy and I wouldn't do that. But I guess this is why, you know, it's still puzzling me till this day. And oh, I have discovered buffets, the all-you-can-eat kind. At the time, I was able to eat a little bit more than now. So whew, those were indeed amazing opportunities, especially for, you know, poor Polish students on a work and travel visa. We would spend their hours stuffing ourselves silly and just watching people at other tables change. <laughs> but again, don't be surprised then that obesity and diabetes kill so many people. So we have covered um, food and beverage. Uh, I do need to mention, though, going to restaurants or at least places where you're supposed to tip. Hmm. For one, I have found out that if you really want to insult a waiter, you leave them like 50 cents or even just a quarter. Technically, you left a tip. However, you managed to show how dissatisfied you were with the service. And oh my God, waiters go bunkers if they see that. Now, tipping for me is a bit outlandish, although we have started tipping in Poland as well. Now, the problem I generally have with it is that a tip is a show of appreciation for a you know, good restaurant experience, an amazing food. But because people started tipping, the employers stopped paying normal wages, meaning a huge part of society lives off tips. In that case, you really must tip 10%, um, at least, because those 10% might actually become an insult. You, you actually should be tipping more. This is crazy. Waiting staff deserve the same minimum wages as everyone else, and the tip should be an additional reward, not part of your actual wages, for crying out loud. Ugh. Now, hmm, a tiny controversy. Just tiny. Uh, both times I was working in the States, I was a bit shocked by the amount of thieving that was going on. I'm not going to reveal any names, um, of course, but some of the ideas were damn right crazy. Get this. And I'm only telling you because, you know, it won't work anymore. People, you know, got smarter. Um, you go to a gift shop and you buy a bunch of stuff that you want. Next day, you come back, put a few of the things that you bought um, the day before in your basket. You go to the cash register with them. You show them the receipt from the day before and you pretend to return some of the items. Ingeniously simple, but of course you do need a gift shop that's very crowded and you cannot take a Mickey. I mean, don't return everything. Um, if you, on the other hand, work in a gift shop, uh, grabbing like a pack of cigarettes, drink from a fridge or some sweets, uh, that was a daily routine. That, that was just normal. Um, on one hand, I'm not surprised. I'm People I met, the employees, uh, plus me, I mean, we were treated like shit. And a lot of them had a second part-time job just to make ends meet. Not like me to save more money. No, they actually needed those uh, second part-time jobs. Another um, little scam I remember, I think it was a Czech guy who told us about it. Um, it was the, the scratch cards. You have to have some of them first to learn the positioning of the winning trio, you know, of the little signs, um, the little pictures underneath the scratchy thing. 
then what you do is you mark a new scratch card with a needle just you know just a tiny bit because that allows you to check what's underneath and you're supposed to mark um the potential positions of the of the winner picture so if it's a winner card you kind of quickly see okay this thing this picture is where it's supposed to be so you can then go ahead and scratch properly if it's not then you just you know leave the card because you know it's not a winner um, and if you, you know, once you scratch properly, you can go to the shop and collect your reward. And again, I'm telling you about it because it's an old trick and the shops caught up uh, on it. Uh, and if, to be fair, if the guys didn't leave uh, earlier, they would have gotten into a lot of trouble. Not sure how much money they got in the end. Uh, it was a small peanuts game, like, I don't know, $50, $100. I don't remember. Uh, they didn't make a fortune on it, but still, you know, a little bit of thieving. Oh, whew, and I cannot not mention a criminal double negative here. My adventure with the judiciary system in the States. I got subpoenaed. That was uh, the second time I was there. Um, there was a theft. Speaking of thieving, I think something happened. I only found out after the fact. And suddenly I got an official letter from, I'm going to say sheriff's office, but I might be totally wrong. Anyway, I was supposedly a witness. Um, it was actually my day off, so I wasn't even near the place. Luckily, we had some regulars at the gift shop. Uh, as I mentioned, we, we sold booze and um, cigarettes, and we were pretty much the only supplier in the area. And one of the regulars uh, was a cop. So I asked him for advice, and in the end, he took me to the police station and helped me explain to the right people that I wasn't there at the time, of the whatever crime it was, so I shouldn't have to appear in court. Looking back, I wish I did, because, you know, it would be a bigger adventure. On the other hand, no thanks, but no thanks. Um, there wasn't really much to do in Wendover. Uh, there were only four movies in the local cinema, and I've seen them all. I remember one of them, I think, was Triple X. <laughs> Those were the days. So uh, one of our favorite pastimes was sitting in the casino and pretend we play uh, the slot machines. Why would we pretend, you might ask? Well, if you play in the casino, you get free drinks. And I'm not sure if that's still the rule. Um, I think it might be. But, you know, it might have changed. And on top of that, if you know the waitress that's on duty around the nickel machines, because those are the cheap ones, well, then you get your drinks quite regularly. So instead of sitting in the bar, we just sat at the machines, put in a nickel and, you know, every now and then. Sometimes we even won, like, you know, 50 cents <laughs> while drinking and having a good time. While on the drinking subject, uh, I mean, I cannot not mention it again, double negative. Uh, the, the drinking culture in the States. The job at the Grand Canyon was, as I mentioned before, my first, you know, proper full-time employment. And it also meant first real co-workers experience and the parties, the employees' parties. And because of very different attitude to alcohol in the States, the drinking differs quite a bit. I'll start with the watermelon. Basically, you buy one, you cut a hole in it, open a bottle of your favorite spirit, stick it in that hole, flip it over and put it away in the freezer. After a while, the alcohol spreads in the watermelon and you can take it out once the bottle is empty. 
Then you just, I don't know, sit in the park, sit at home, wherever you want, eat the watermelon and get drunk. As simple as that. Because, um, I don't know if you know, you probably do know, um, it's not allowed to drink um, outside in the States, in, you know, not designated areas. And of course, the age, the drinking age is ridiculously high. It's 21 years. Um, so yes, if you're walking down the street and eating a watermelon, if you're 18 or 20, technically you shouldn't be suspected, uh, suspected, although obviously, you know, I, I'm guessing people know about the watermelon thing. Um, and as we were in the, a bit in the middle of nowhere, uh, bonfires were also a thing. Um, we would drive with a bunch of people from work, uh, not sure where to, but, you know, some place we were guaranteed to be able to drink freely and be as loud as we wanted to. Um, and it was during one of those parties I found out that there were uh, people who actually have heard of a country called Poland. Weirdly enough, heavy metal fans. Uh, we do have quite strong metal scene and a few world-known bands have released concert albums recorded while playing, for example, in uh, Katowice. And I do have a theory about metal music. In a weird way, it unites people from most various cultures. But metal aside and back to bizarre American intoxication inventions. Now, one thing that showed me how absurd um, the drinking age in the States was, um, was the drinker while driving uh, through the desert and then just throwing away the bottles out of the window. Don't get me wrong. When you're a teenager that wants to have a drink, you sometimes get stupid. More so when you're actually drunk. But I don't remember us being ever that dangerously stupid. Not to mention when... The, the, you know, the days when we were getting drunk, like, you know, 16, 17, 18, most of us didn't have a driving license, not to mention access to a car. So that was, you know, out of a question. And, it, you know, it's all because you want to have a drink and there isn't any other way you can get it. I'm, it, I'm sorry, it's just stupid. And people do get, do dangerously stupid things um, in the States. I'm not saying we're not stupid here in Europe. Sometimes we are, but... Not that uh, dangerously. Uh, now, <laughs> during my second stay, I have also learned about uh, the apples. <laughs> Not the, well, yes, the wax ones in the supermarket, but um, I've learned that you can uh, use an apple as a pipe to smoke weed, hence the apple pipe. Now, the best kicker was that you don't even have to smoke yourself. You can just eat the apple afterwards and also get high because a lot of the high-inducing chemicals stay in the fruit. Uh, don't ask me what chemicals. I don't know much about it. Um, the apple works as a sort of a filter, you know, as you do with the water pipe, let's say. Um, so, yeah, you can just eat the apple and get high anyway. You don't have to smoke it. Staying on weird stuff. I have to tell you about the casinos. Uh, in Europe, I think we tend to think um, of the casinos as fancy places, you know, like the one in uh, Monaco, uh, you know, Casino Royale and, and all the shebang. In the States, most of the casinos are quite the opposite. Um, they are generally crazy places. And you should see the races to the slot machines when a bus full of pensioners would park outside. Just imagine the elderly with walkers 
trying to walk faster than the other elderly people with walkers. It was fucking geriatric Monte Carlo. It's hilarious to watch, but so sad at the same time. And you don't get to see daylight when you're inside. It's just lamps and flashing things to get your attention. The noise is deafening. I still hear it when I think back to those days or, you know, when somebody mentions uh, casinos or I don't know, there's something about casinos in the movie. I just hear it exactly ringing in my head. I was actually quite lucky to be in the gift shop because it was a little bit on the side and it wasn't so overwhelming there. Now, the casinos were really the only reason to visit Wendover. Well, actually, no, not the only one. What you find nearby Wendover are the uh, Bonneville Salt Flats, where the speeding competitions uh, take place. If you watch the movie The Fastest Indian, I think it was, um, this is where they actually race, the Bonneville um, Salt Flats. Um, I don't think it was actually happening when I was there, If it did, I totally missed it. And anyway, I found out about the racing only after a few months of being there. I did see some fancy cars, like, you know, the kind that people, you know, built themselves or, you know, redone the the engine and everything. I think people uh, were just coming over to test them without endangering anybody because um, if you use a car that kind of, you know, you haven't really tested before on the highway, it could be dangerous. But then on the Bonneville Salt Flats, you can go for it. Um, Other than that, there was really no other reason to visit. Um, Yet the hotels were always busy. The casinos where I worked in in the gift shop, they were also hotels. People would come in huge tour buses just to gamble a bit. And for some reason, they didn't want to go to Reno or to Vegas. Um, I don't know, maybe they couldn't afford it. Not, Not sure. Wendover allowed them to, I don't know, maybe kind of dip in their toes into the the whole gambling palaver. Um, As I said, it's a place in the middle of nowhere. Check it on Google Maps. Um, Without a car, you were completely stuck, not only in town, but just in one part of it because it's stretched along the highway. Um, In Europe, we don't have places like that. Uh, I mean, sometimes the next town uh, was over two hours away and there's nothing in between not a village not even a building inside you just keep driving and if anything happens you're totally screwed because of the location though of Wendover on the border between Utah and Nevada uh, sort of close to Salt Lake City it was the first time I met the Mormons Uh, Well, just briefly, really. Um, My first interaction was a weird charity place. The first couple of weeks uh, we were there, we we were trying to get things for the flat, like, you know, the employee flats. Um, But there were no shops around where we were, you know, not in our area. So we didn't have a car and we just needed, you know, frying pans, a toaster, just stuff like that. But there was this little Mormon place and we heard they had things. So we went Um, and we really were planning just to buy a toaster, frying pan and I don't know, uh, not plates we had, cutlery we had, ketchup. They had loads of ketchup. (laughs) Uh, Don't ask me why. And they didn't let us pay for anything. I mean, we actually insisted because, you know, we kind of did have some money. Like we, we said like, okay, take a dollar for it, you know, something. 
Oh, those were the days. Now, if somebody offers me something for free, I rarely question that. Now, when you visit a new place, uh, like I did with the States, both first and second time, because there were, you know, different, um, different places, really. Normally, you have some preconceptions about it. And often when you're faced with reality, you discover they're very different. States were exactly what I ever saw in the movies and TV shows. Not literally, though, of course. I mean, I've seen X-Files, too. But I mean, the motels, the casinos, the diners, the people in all their variety were exactly what I've been watching uh, my whole life. I will continue the story and tell you more about the people I met in the next episode. And that one will be most definitely called The Kitchen Table. Thanks for listening and until next time.